Arizona, Arizona Sports. Sports, the local the sports, local sports, sports leader. leader, Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset, yeah. brought to you by Collins Comfort, AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals, 4 o'clock reset. Time now for the top stories of the day, all in one place. Here is your four o'clock reset. It's the big, the biggest story of the day, according to multiple reports. Billionaire mortgage lender and former Michigan State walk-on basketball player Matt Ishbia, there you go, is finalizing a purchase of the Phoenix Suns and Mercury for around four billion dollars. He was on Tom Izzo's 2000 Michigan State Championship team with Mateen Cleaves and Jay Rich and uh, was very successful. Mo Pate was very (laughs) successful in business and he is about to purchase the Phoenix Suns. The Robert Sarver era will come to an end and the Matt Ishbia era will begin. It's a big story. We'll talk about that in a little bit because that is that we've all been waiting for it. How long it will take to finalize that deal? Oh, we don't know. We've got a good poll question up right now on the Burns and Gamble page. Like, what would you do if you were him? Your first, what was the first thing you would do? I said, I would sign myself to a contract and become a point guard for the Suns. Dude, he, he played college basketball. He just, he just, just sign himself. He went to three Final Fours. Exactly. I think he played a total I was of like to play in the minutes. NBA, and this was the only way I could do it. I bought the team so I could play in the NBA. <laughs> I'll I'm t- going to have a basketball card of me. I'll tell you this. The front office noon ball games at uh Footprint Center are going to get a lot more competitive, I bet, yeah. with, the, uh, with Matt. You want to raise? I'll shoot you for it. <laughs> right? Wait, hey, you want what? I love it, man. You want a corner office? Three-point contest. Me and you, let's go. 42 years old, money to burn, and an insatiable desire to yeah. win. Love the combination of the Suns' new That's owner. That's what all raises should be. A competition for somebody. You got to shoot free You want a race? <laughs> I'll race you for it. 40-yard dash. Who's faster? I beat you, I get a race. If not, I stay at the same salary. Eric, what would you pick? What would you what would you go against our boss in? Our uh, boss? You think you do a little like jujitsu or anything? Yeah, I uh yeah. I did some karate. Karate. Yeah. Yeah. So if anybody wanted to step up to me on that, I think I would yeah. bet on myself. You'll fight our boss for a race. I would. Mitch would be like, I'll, uh, I'll tell you what. I'll, like the devil went down in Georgia. I'll play you. I'll bet a fiddle of goal against your soul because I think I'm better than you. That's what Mitch would be, be like. We could tandem it together. Have yeah. like a little uh, gauntlet to go Exactly. Through. That's the way of the world. I'd go Challenge three- your boss to something for your race. I'd go three-point shooting contest. That's what you would do? Yes. You, yeah. you can hit it from deep? I took on Devin Booker. Did you win? At the arena. No. You didn't do very good. No. But it was Booker. But I hung in there. I made a few. Yeah. Did you get any Coco 5 out of it? <laughs> it wasn't invented yet. The Suns. I, I want a rematch, though, Book, if you're listening. Suns are back in action tonight. They'll be without Devin Booker. Uh, campaign. Jacques Landale. Josh Okoji is out. The Wizards make their way to downtown Phoenix. Bradley Beal and Kyle Kuzma, whose name has been very prominent in trade talks. Kyle Kuzma will be in action tonight. We'll see about that. I liked it. I like the name. I like Kyle Kuzma. He's a good player. I think the Suns like him, too. Not sure if anything can be worked out. He is a free agent after this year, but he's having a great year for the Washington Wizards. Well, maybe James Jones and Tommy Shepard could have a little cup of coffee in the back room today at the uh, arena. And maybe they work out a deal. Just shoot for it. Just shoot for I, it. I, right. Three. Three-point contest. I win, this. I get him. I know both guys. I like James Jones in our, in our three-point shooting contest amongst GMs in Look, that deal. Not, gonna, that, not that Tommy's not a bad athlete, but James is, you know, he's the champ. All right, I'm going to tell you a story. This is a, 
Off the record, don't tell anybody this. All right, I won't tell anybody. Kirk Gibson once wrestled John Daniels, the Texas GM, for like a player. Yeah. Like wrestled or arm wrestled? No, they had a wrestling match. Like full-on Greco-Roman wrestling? Yes. (laughs) Yes. I think that John Daniels was the Texas... Uh, the Texas GM. And now he's in a senior advisor for the Rays. But he was president of basketball operation for the Rangers. I think he had a background in wrestling. So well, who won? Kirk Gibson. Gibby told me the story. Why I, am I not surprised? I was, yeah. I probably shouldn't be saying Why am I not surprised? But, I was laughing my, but it was actually like they actually wrestled for something. Like, you know, for a player. Like, or, or what draft pick you would get is something in a deal. So it was so yes, Kirk Gibson actually did have a wrestling match with the then general manager of the Rangers. That's a good little nugget. Take yes. that, John Heyman. I think he beat his ass too, Gibby. He <laughs> slammed him down. Um, yeah, so that's uh, some 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 stories. When I get older and I retire, I'm going to share all of them because I got a lot of good ones. Why don't you write a book? I, I could. I could write a book. You want to? You want to? I'll do I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll ghost write it. You just dictate it. Exactly. I'll do the work. Yeah, we're yes. in. <laughs> Tip off is at seven tonight on the Arizona Sports App in ninety eight. The Cardinals made a quarterback move today. They signed James Morgan to the practice squad. Captain Morgan. The captain. And they released Carson Strong. So the Cardinals making moves. In the NFL last night, the Rams lost to the Packers 24-12 on Monday Night Football. That officially eliminates the Rams. I believe that that's the earliest or tied for the earliest that a defending champion has been eliminated. The defending Super Bowl champion. Um, just trying to get to my notes here. because By the uh, way, the Packers, that's a team that would trade a first-round pick for DeAndre Hopkins. There you go. There you go. There see, you, you go. see, we're all in. Give we're Rod- going to make it happen. Hey, give Rodgers a weapon, finally. Listen, Michael Bidwell, you don't need to hire anybody else to be there. We'll take care of it. We'll get your first-round pick for DeAndre Hopkins. Tim and Cam Hogan are going to run exactly. the Cardinals. God. With their 10th loss, the God. Super Bowl champion Rams us. eliminated <laughs> with three weeks to go. That ties the 99 Broncos. Sorry, Mitch. For the most losses and most weeks remaining in the season at the time of elimination by any defending Super Bowl champion. Baker Mayfield, by the way, did not play very well last night. 12 of 21, passing 111 yards in a touchdown with an interception, sacked five times. Mitchie Mitch, who was the quarterback of that 99 Broncos team? Do you remember? Couldn't have been Elway anymore, right? Brian Greasy. Oh, was it Brian Greasy? Yes. The year after Elway retired. Oh, man. Brian Greasy. Think. He backed him up for all those years, I think, I think right? Yeah. It's either him or Chris Miller, right? Maybe it was Chris Miller, but yeah, one of those guys. Yeah. I started I paying attention when uh, Snake took over in Denver. That was 2003. Led him to the AFC Championship game, did Jake Plummer. Lost to the Steelers in 05. Lost to the Steelers. Beat the Patriots in the playoffs, though. Like, even Tim Tebow won a playoff game for the Denver Broncos. Some other big stories around the league. Former Cardinals quarterback Josh Rosen. I can't believe this. This guy's like, he's got how many lives does he have? He's found team number seven. Seven. Five years into his career. He was assigned to the Vikings practice squad. Josh Rosen is still... Give the kid some credit, man. He's still hanging around. Five years in the league. Seven teams. Well-traveled. Cardinals drafted him with the number 10 pick in 2018. We're still in 2022, by the way. 2018, he got drafted. It seems like 100 years ago. He's been on seven different teams. Cardinals... Then he got traded to the Dolphins. 
Then he went to the Buccaneers. Then he went to the 49ers. Then he went to the Falcons. And now he's on the Vikings. Like, do the Vikings think, like, the other six teams missed something? Like, the other, they got it wrong? Like, there's something there, man. We're going to pull it out of this kid. Or do they just need a warm body? I don't know. And this this kid can fill the role of warm body. I, I, I don't understand. I mean, we keep saying, like, okay, this like, is it. Last stop. This like is it. Last stop. Right. This is it. Last stop. I mean, there's no hope he that keeps, he's going to be a capable quarterback in the league at this point. Uh, he probably still thinks there's a chance. We're just like, the, money, other, the money's good. Six other teams and coaching staffs didn't. You're going to love this. Major League Pickleball has announced a 12-team expansion on Monday that includes an Arizona-based team, the AZ Drive, that it's owned by Larry Fitzgerald, Devin Booker, and others. Do you ever play pickleball? I have played it before. I want to play it so badly. I actually have. I have a friend of mine for my birthday bought me a pickleball set. It's huge. I have one. I played it once and I loved it. It's blowing up. It's blowing up. It's gonna. It's taking over for tennis. It's taking over for golf in some circles because it's more. It's less expensive and less time consuming. And you can, and all you need is a tennis court and you can play. Right. You just, of, yeah. Yeah. You, you just, and then you just go to a park and it's there and you don't have to all skill levels, all ages. The price is right. People love it, man. It's, right. it's blowing up. Strange story coming out of San Francisco with the Giants today. Without explanation, they postponed their introductory press conference for shortstop Carlos Correa. Reportedly, a medical issue was flagged during Correa's physical. So we are now keeping our eye on that to see what happens there. In college sports, former U of A wide receiver Dorian Singer announced that he's going to transfer to USC for next season. He led the Pac-12 in receiving yards for the Wildcats this year. And other U of A news, the number five team in the country. That's right. Bear down. They take on Montana State tonight at 6.30. I know everybody's going to be watching. Tabellis, Balo, Creesa, Larson, Montana Reams. State. They got to take care of Montana State. Last night, the Yotes pushed it to overtime, but the Canadians proved too much, knocking them off 3-2. A very good game for Arizona. They played extremely well. Very competitive team that we have here in the Valley. They are they're not very good, but I will say this. They are competitive. They go out there and they fight tooth and nail. The Suns, they're going to have a brand new owner. We'll talk about that next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The times they be a changing, Tim Ring. The times they be a changing. Oh, the time they There you go. So there you go. Sing it. Sing it. Um, Bob Dylan. It was Bob Dylan. Yeah, times would be a change. And so the Phoenix Suns look like and uh, looks like it's about to go down. I checked with the with, with some Sun sources that I had today on on this. Billionaire mortgage lender Matt Ishbia finalizing a purchase 
of the Phoenix Suns. The deal is expected to be completed in the near future, and that would end the the tenure of Robert Sarver. Now, uh, when I reached out, you know, earlier just to see if I could get anything on this, what I'm being told is that they cannot even verify it if it's accurate because Robert is handling the whole thing himself. So Robert Sarver is handling the entire purchase or sale of the team by himself. So when I tried to check on this with some of my son's uh, sources, they can't even verify that this is true. So I don't think anybody in that building is really aware of what's going on. Robert is we're going to make this deal. It's uh, it's up to him to sell the team. And it looks like Matt Ishbia, a former Michigan State walk-on player that owns a mortgage company, United Wholesale Mortgage, and it's a $7 billion company. He's about to purchase the Phoenix Suns for $4 billion. It's amazing. About $4 billion to purchase the Suns. And then name himself the starting point guard and have Chris Paul as his backup. Okay, maybe not that, but um, he's a big-time Michigan State booster. He gave $32 million for new, for new sports facilities. He gave $14 million to help pay Mel Tucker's contract. Mel Tucker got a 10-year, $95 million deal. Uh, apparently, um, what was it, LSU was looking at him, and they decided to keep him, and he came in and stepped in, and uh, he said, the reality is Michigan State changed my life. Tom Izzo particularly changed my life, and how do you pay people back that change your life? You show love and you give back. So uh, he has been given back to Michigan State. I spoke with somebody that I know that is close with him, and they said he is a psychopath when it comes to winning. Like his, he is, I'll just give you my notes. So I did speak with somebody that knows him today. Psychopath in a good way, of yeah, course. Yeah, in a good yes. way. Like, yeah. he, like winning. Right. Like he crushed it in business. That's usually not a compliment, but yes, he's, uh, how about this? He's obsessed with winning. Yeah. Hates losing, not scared of the bigger guys. Dad started his dad started the company. He took the company over. They only had like twelve employees at the time, and he got it. But he took the company over really at, at the lowest at its lowest end. But it was a and he turned it into a really big time company, enough to where he could buy the Phoenix Suns. But he was a three year three years on the Michigan State team. He start I saw a video in which he started on Senior Day. Tom Izzo had him out there in the starting lineup, and you know loved the kid, and he was again part of that team that won the national championship with Jason Richardson uh, back in 20, uh, in 2000, 2000 yep. that 2000 Michigan State team, and now he is, 22 years later, on the verge of purchasing the Phoenix Suns. It's hard to believe he's 42 years of age, and that is of note because he will be the NBA's youngest owner. And, hey, look, Suns fans, look at it this way. If you're over the age of 50 and this all goes right, this will be the last Suns owner you'll ever know. <laughs> You'll pass on, and Matt Ishbia will still be the owner of the Phoenix Suns. He's going to be around for a long, long time uh, if he chooses to be, and everything well, works go out. There, man. I'm just saying, man. Like this guy's 42, and he's going to—he's going to—he's going to be in it for the long haul. He's older than a lot of us be- listening right now, because. Uh, not you guys, but me and Tim for sure. This is a guy. Tim's old. This is a guy that obviously built his billions in the mortgage bill, uh, business, but yet has always kept his his hands in the sports world, and he's been a big part of what they do at Michigan State. He's given a lot of money to Tom Izzo and the basketball program. When he thought that Mel Tucker was going to go to LSU, he stepped up and got Mel Tucker locked down to a long-term deal, made Mel Tucker a lot of money. Now, that may prove to be a bad deal for Michigan State, but I think the point stands that Matt Ishbia 
doesn't like to lose. And he'll do what it takes financially to make sure he doesn't lose. And I think when he thought LSU was going to come in and take their guy after he won 11 games, Matt Ishbia said, no way. We're going to keep Mel Tucker, and we're going to do what it takes to keep him in East Lansing. So it's that kind of attitude that you love for him coming in and taking over the Phoenix Suns team because clearly money's no object. He's got plenty of it. He's made money in another business. It's not going to be the Suns aren't going to be his primary business. He's here to win NBA championships. He tried desperately to buy the Denver Broncos. So he's wanted this for a while, and now he's going to get it. Obviously, he loves basketball. He played college hoops. He went to three Final Fours. And Gamble, this, this is a guy that I think is going to come in, and I think he's going to be... You know, a lot. I think he's going to be. I don't know if he's how hands on he's going to be. Yeah. But I think he's going to be aggressive. I think you know the Suns are going to be players yeah. when it comes to big time free agents and making deals and always putting the best possible product on the floor. And I could not be more excited about it. The Suns were a really bad team when when Robert Sarver purchased it from Jerry Colangelo. They were a really bad team. Twenty nine wins, fifty three losses. Frank Johnson was the coach. He got fired. They bring in Dan Tony. The next season, two thousand four. Robert Sarver purchases the Phoenix Suns. The Suns go 62-20. and 20. They finish first in the Pacific Division. They make it all the way to the Western Conference Finals. They lose to the Spurs. The next year, the Suns win 54 games. They make it all, to, all the way to the NBA Western Conference Finals. They lose to the Dallas Mavericks. Um, you know, the next year... They win 61 games. They get beat by San Antonio in the Western Conference semifinals. The next year, 55 wins. They lose in the conference finals in the first round. The next year, 46 wins. You know where I'm going here. Robert Sarver took over that team and had instant success. It was a good team. Matt Ishbia is going to take over a very good basketball team that's going to have a lot of success. When Robert Sarver took over the Suns, he took over a team that, you know, I remember Jerry Colangelo being at, at, uh, at it was at, at that time, Bank One Ballpark with Amari Stein. Stoudemire, before they drafted him. Mm-hmm. I remember Jerry sitting, Jerry Colangelo sitting with Amari Stoudemire 2003, yeah. at Bank One Ballpark, and Jerry's with Amari Stoudemire. They drafted Amari Stoudemire. They put, and that was a good team. That was you know Nash and Marion and and uh, and um, all the players that they had from those teams. Marion, Nash, it was Joe Johnson. That was the start of a Suns era that was really good. The the seven seconds or less era, era with Mike D'Antoni. Sarver Sarver came in at the forefront of that and owned that team. Matt Ishbia is going to be coming into a team that's really good. So it's not taking, it's not taking over a team that's really bad. He's taking over a team that's right on the cusp of, listen, you commit a little bit of money, you make a couple of good moves, you may be able to get this team over the hump. The 2003 Suns, yes, I'm looking at it right now. Joe Johnson, Stephon Marbury, Sean Marion, Antonio McDice was on that team. Amari Stoudemire. Look at the 4-5 four, four, team. 2004-5 team. 2004-5. That yeah, because that was, that was the team that you know, Sarver took over in 2004. Okay, so that team had Steve Nash. Yep. Quentin Richardson, Amari Stoudemire. Uh, Joe Johnson, Jim Jackson. Barbosa. Stephen Hunter, Barbosa was yeah. on that team as well. So that was the 04-05 uh-huh. Suns team. Smush Parker. Was listed Smush! On the, listed on the roster here. That yeah. I'm looking at. Paul Shirley was listed on the roster that I'm looking at here. Utah Taboos. Utah Tabusi. Utah Tabusi. Yes. Remember that guy? One of the great players in Suns history. 
I'm teasing, but yeah, I do. I totally remember Utah Debussy. Yeah, from Japan. So okay. that was so you look at it, and, and that if he takes over this team, if this transaction goes through, he's taking over a good team. He's taking over a team that's right on the cusp of maybe winning a championship. You know, you might say, "Listen, I'm going to go over the top here. I don't. Well, if I well, so I sign, I could get this player. And I have to pay an extra fifty million dollars in luxury tax. Fine, do it. Let's get that championship. Can you imagine that? And he's not going to get beat by another team. Now this. My, it doesn't really work for trades because you got to have what the other team wants, right? But you get into a bidding war and free agency as long as you can make it. This is a guy that's, again, kind of like Mel Tucker and LSU. You get into a, if, if, if Matt Ishbia wants a guy, he's not going to let the other guy win. And he's got a lot of money in his pocket. And so do a lot of the other owners, though. I know, but he. But the <laughs> you want to go up against the Warriors or the Clippers? Would they have a lot of money, too? You're not the only guy in the NBA that has a lot of money. They all do. It's just a matter of. You're new, and you want to win, I, and you want to you you want to be there. I mean, you Matt Ish. Listen, this is the Suns could win the this purchase could go down in January, and the Suns win the championship this year. They trade Jay Crowder. They 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 make a big deal to trade deadline, and the guy holding the trophy is not the guy that owned, that started the season owning the team, but the guy that ended the season owning the team. Like it wouldn't like it would be Matt Ishbia's championship. Yep. Who's the owner of the Phoenix? Matt Ishbia. That's right. When this season ends, if it, this goes through, Matt Ishbia is the he is the owner of the Phoenix Suns. He's going to be the one getting the trophy from Adam Silver. I guess I'm just saying, Gamble. I don't think these words. If they want a guy, I don't think these words are ever coming out of Ishbia's mouth. Okay, no, forget it. We're not going to go that high. Those I words. Know, are, I don't know the guy. I just get the sense people. Forty two year old people I've talked to. Billionaire. Forty two year old billionaire guy that wants. To wait, and again, I can't stress enough that the Suns aren't going to be his primary business. Not that that was the case with Robert Sarver, obviously made his money in banking, but this, this Matt Ishbia with, with United Wholesale Mortgage, there's a reason why he can buy the Suns at the age of 42. But it's very that unlikely. That business is doing really, really well. It's very unlikely that he's going to be a sole investor. Usually what these guys do is they put up a certain amount and then they get a bunch of other investors of to come into. So that way they're not on the hook for $4 billion. No, he, Matt, no, Matt you know, let's be, we probably should have talked about this earlier. Matt, Ishbia is not writing a check for $4 billion. No. He's bringing in his brother that's already been reported as kind of a minority guy who will serve on the on the board with the Suns. I don't know if he'll have a position with the organization. And then a bunch but, of other investors. Be a I mean, bunch of, same thing with Robert Sarver. Like he owns, what, what would we say, 30-something percent of the Suns, and then there was a bunch of other investors. So you may hear that there's a primary owner, but there's other owners right. involved right. And because we, nobody really wants to put $4 billion down. Right. And, and, and on the other side of the coin, Robert Sarver is not Sticking four billion dollars in his pocket, no, but he'll saying t- thank you very no, much. But he's going to walk away he's with one point yes. three or one point five billion dollars. He's going to do very well. Don't get me wrong. So I'm just saying Robert he's not Sarver's like- investment was let's just say it was four hundred and fifty million dollars. They yes. bought the team for four. And say he put down thirty five percent of that. What's that? So he put down one hundred and fifty million. What's thirty five percent of four hundred and fifty million? Do math on the fly for me. Two hundred million. I think it's. I think it's less. Um, Okay, so how close am I off the, on the? Top? I don't know. I'm, I'm just looking. It's my understanding that there would be no math. All right, no, he's going to just. They purchased the Suns for four hundred million dollars. He owns like thirty five percent. So say he put one hundred and forty million down. One hundred and forty million dollars down. Okay, four hundred million. Okay, four hundred million. He he owns like thirty five percent. I could do that math. That's one hundred and forty million dollars. He put down one hundred and forty million dollars. They're going to sell it if they sell it for four billion. He's gonna. That's gonna be thirty five percent of four billion. 
is $1.4 billion. I, nobody's saying he's not making out great on the deal. That's I'm, a I, return I just, on investment of about $1.2 billion. You just hear out and about like, oh, Robert Sarver is going to make $4 billion. As he, he's not going to make $4 billion. He's going to do very, 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 very well. He's going to make over a billion? He's going to make over a billion. But he's, I, I know, again, but the point is he's not walking away. Just like Matt Ishbia is not putting up $4 billion of his own money, Robert's not walking away with $4 billion. There's other people involved. They're always is, and there always will be, except for Steve Ballmer, who apparently just pulled $2 million out of his pocket and bought the Clippers. Cardinals leaders, they address the postseason elimination. We'll talk about that next on Arizona Sports, the sports leader. Burns and Gambo, afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Rams joined the Cardinals, officially eliminated from the playoffs. It was inevitable with these teams, especially the Cardinals. They are eliminated. After their loss last week, I put the uh, put the nail in the coffin for their season. Cliff Kingsbury talked about how it's been kind of a lot to overcome at times this year. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I've been really appreciative of, of the guys' effort of professionalism. It's just been a lot to overcome at times, and then we can't compound it with some of the mistakes we've had, and so it's uh, been the perfect storm at times to um, kind of get us where we're at, but... Um, they continue to show up and, and uh, play hard and, and work hard, and, and that's all you can ask with the group we have. Yeah, he, he talked about, you know, th- he talked about it. You've heard from DeAndre Hopkins, J.J. Watt. You know, a lot of the players with three games left in the season, look, after they lost to the Broncos 24-15, and, you know, they, they, there was no – that was it. There's nothing you can play for except for your contract next year and pride and things like that. There's been a lot of adversity they've had to overcome. There's still three games left. Cliff talked about just trying to get a win next week against Tampa Bay. Yeah, we, we- – we want to try and get a win next week. I think that's that's it. We're, we're trying to stay um, week to week at this point. You know, see who we can get back healthy and um, go out there and, and try to execute at a higher level. Yeah, and it's I get that, right? I mean, you know, I'm looking at draft picks, man. I want the best draft pick possible. I want the ability to turn it into a blockbuster trade. I was looking at a I was looking at a mock draft today. Um, I think I'm going to be looking at these a lot more. Miles Murphy, the defensive lineman. Uh, oh, out of Clemson. Out of Clemson. He's Clemson. a beast. He's young, yeah. though. He's young. Won't be 21 until next spring. Um, there's, so an- there's another. Round dip- one pick number four. That's, you know, that's that's what the projection is in, in a CBS Sports mock draft that I saw. Yeah, there's another defensive lineman um, out of Clemson. Uh, Breezy, I think his name is. That's also a projected first round pick, high first round pick. That would be great as a defensive lineman, offensive lineman. I mean, you just got to go get a dominant player. But there's going to be a bit, and we'll talk about this a little bit too. Man, you got a lot of teams that need a quarterback. You're going to be in a prime position to make a trade if they can. If they continue to lose football games and they stay where they are, they move up a little bit. They're going to be in a prime position to get themselves uh, a big time trade. I think. It, it is, here's some of the other things that. Were said the Cardinals that they've lost four games in a row. 
They haven't won consecutive games all season long. Uh, this is DeAndre Hopkins. He said, it doesn't feel good at all, especially getting eliminated. It's football, though. You always got next year. And I feel like this team is going to fight for the next game, no matter uh, being able to play or, or not. That's not something I think about with these guys. We still go out and fight every game. I think people want to believe in themselves. I don't think it's believing in you know, DeAndre Hopkins and believing in Kyle Murray. Within this team, I think it's players believing in themselves going out and holding themselves accountable, playing to that level. You know, it's obviously a championship level. Just talks about holding guys accountable. There's a lot of the stuff we've heard all year. we got to hold each other accountable. we got to play for one game at a time, all of that stuff. Look, you, you do get to a point where you just everybody just wants the season to end, and that includes players. Okay, it's been a miserable year. Uh, everything that you worked so hard for didn't materialize, your hopes of winning the division, of winning a Super Bowl, of getting back to the playoffs, all of those things have been just gashed out of you. And now, you know, you've got to get to that offseason, recover, and, you know, get into a new season because these teams that are eliminated now, it's just, at this point, it's you've had a miserable year if you're eliminated right and now. I, I feel bad for the players like DeAndre Hopkins because they're professionals and, and the media Listen, even if you're a bad football team, the media that covers the Cardinals on a daily basis, they are still there. They have a job to do. They have to ask these guys questions. and The guys have to come up with something to say. So a guy like Hopkins, as a leader on that football team, has to give an answer like that. But trying to, as a Cardinal fan, to sit there and parse those words and try to ascertain anything out of it is ridiculous. I mean, they were. it's one thing when you got into really like must-win territory, like against the Seahawks midway through the season. Like, okay, what are these guys saying? What are we going to do? How are they going to do it? How are they going to get out of this thing? But at this point, you know, for DeAndre Hopkins to talk about accountability when he's holding the football like a loaf of bread and losing a game like that, even DeAndre said, I lost the game for us. It's like talk is cheap at this point. They just want to get done with this, finish with this season, put it to bed. There's nothing more that can be said. I mean, the body's dead. It's in the middle of the road. Like, let's just get it over with and get on to the healing process and the rebuild that begins right away. They've lost six out of seven. Since they beat the Saints forty-two to thirty-four, since that since that game, they've only won one football game. Since they beat the Saints, that was the seventh game of the season. Seventh game of the season. It was a home game, by the way. They won a home game. That was where they, oh, like they finally went. You know, finally. Um, since October, that was on October twentieth. Yeah, since October fourth, they have one more win than the D backs. <laughs> October 20th, since then, they've got one football one football win. Now, J.J. Watt spoke about it, too. It is what it is. Hold yourself accountable. Got to be a professional. You can find ways to motivate yourself. Like, you you want to knock the Tom Brady out of the playoffs? Go beat the Bucks. You want to knock the Falcons out of the playoffs? Beat the Falcons. You want to hurt San Francisco's chances in the, you know, as far as the seeding's concerned? Beat San Francisco. Maybe they'll have nothing to play for. Maybe they will. I'm not sure. But, like, if you're trying to find a way to motivate yourself to play well, I think certain guys that have contracts coming up, you know, will, will definitely be motivated to play well. I thought the Cardinals' defense came out and played extremely hard against the Broncos. I thought they were fantastic in the first half. I thought Watt seven was fantastic. Sacks. I thought they had seven sacks in the game. I thought, you know, they started getting gashed a little bit in the second half. But I'm not sure that was a product of not playing hard. At some point, you just don't have the horses, right? It's not the X's and the O's; it's the Jimmys and the Joes. I mean, they just—they're so short-handed right now. They're—they're they're putting their—they're—I <laughs> don't want to say they're not putting an NFL team out there, but on the offensive side of the football, it's certainly not a first-string NFL team, not even close. They have a so chance. that's the problem. It's not effort. It's they're just not good enough right now to win games. They have a chance 
to pick inside the top eight for the third time in the last five years. Third time in the last five years, they have a chance to pick inside the top eight. And here's the thing. There's probably going to be three quarterbacks taken in the top eight. So you really, since you're not in the market for a quarterback, you're going to have a chance to get, even if you're picking eighth, you're going to have a chance to get one of the top four or five players non-quarterbacks. Tyler was the first, was number one overall pick. Isaiah Simmons was eighth. Then Zabin Collins was 16th. And now, last year... Obviously, they traded the pick, but you go this year, now you would have another pick that's that's inside the top eight. So, got to cash on those. You got to cash in on those if you're the Arizona Cardinals. But three games left in the season. The All the mock drafts are starting to come out. The projection, biggest needs, offensive line, edge rusher, cornerback. We all know that, right? That's, that's your three biggest needs. O-line, cornerback, edge rusher. But when you, with this high draft pick, you know, that's, it's not just first round, right? You'll have the second round high draft pick, third round, fourth round, fifth round. Like they, it's going to help you in every single round because if a team wants to move up even in the second round, hey, I want to get to, I love this kid in the second round. All these teams have these guys that fall to the second round that they projected in the first round. And if you're a team picking in the middle of the second round, you're like, man, I really like, I like, I had a first round grade on that guy. He's still available. You could also make second round picks, trades. You could also trade in the second round. You could also, so not only can you do that in the first, so there's a chance here to, to get a good position in the draft, make a lot of trades, redo the entire roster. You could also find a team wanting to move up to a, a higher draft pick to pick a, a Will Levis or a C.J. Stroud. Bryce Young's going to be off the board. But if you find a team willing to sell the farm to move up, you might be able to rebuild your team even better and quicker that way by, by dropping down by finding a team that wants to move up for a quarterback. The 2022 College Football Playoff Semifinals come to State Farm Stadium December 31st, featuring number two Michigan, number three TCU, squaring off for the first time ever in the Verbo Fiesta Bowl. Head to the contest page now on ArizonaSports.com for your chance to win a pair of tickets. Did the ASU Sun Devils just get the luck of the Irish on their side? We'll talk about their recruiting and the portal next, right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports league. Later. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, we're taking you up till 6.30 tonight. Get you ready for the Suns and the Wizards after Phoenix took care of the Lakers without LeBron, without AD. No Devin Booker last night, but a good game from Chris Paul. Suns and the Wizards tonight. ASU has been just killing it in the portal, redoing this entire roster. Uh, just player after player after player committing to Arizona State. As I've expected about a third or more of this roster to be a, a complete turnover. They have gotten a lot of uh, recruits in, and usually... You could change up to about 25 players. They're going to be at about 35 this year with some of the rules that are in place for a first-time coach. So they're probably going to sign more kids this year than anybody in the history of college football because they're going to, they're going to be changing this roster quite a bit. They've got some good players coming in, you know, for sure. Uh, and not just Arizona kids. We've talked a lot about some of the local players that are coming in, like Jacob Conover, who was a star at Chandler High with Sean Aguano in the championships, the three championships he won coming from BYU. I mean, 
and many other local players. But they got some some starting talent out of the Pac-12 as well. Ben Coleman, a terrific offensive lineman out of Cal. Travion Brown, a terrific linebacker out of Washington State. These are good football players. They're plug-and-play guys. I mean, as 16 starts at left guard, six at left tackle for Ben Coleman. You look at a guy like Trevion Brown with four years at Wazoo. He's got 119 tackles. So he's going to really help. But what are the big news? What are some of the big news came out yesterday with the addition of Notre Dame quarterback Drew Pine transferring to ASU? This kid had a lot of options. He had a lot of places that he could have went. There were a lot of schools that were looking at him, including Ole Miss, BYU, South Carolina, Kentucky. He had a visit to ASU, liked what he heard with Kenny Dillingham and the staff, and he decided to uh, uh, to commit to be Arizona to an Arizona State Sun Devil. So he'll compete for the starting job with Trenton Bourget and, and Jacob Conover. But it's a guy that's had, that had a lot of success at Notre Dame. You watched a lot of his games. He had a lot of success there when he took over as the starting quarterback and how he is now in the fold for ASU. I, I, not only do I watch a lot of his games, I watched every snap he ever took. He played a little bit in a backup role last year. He came in to spell the starting quarterback. Jack Cohn had that job last year, but he didn't play a whole lot last year. He entered this season, 2022 Gambo, actually as the backup quarterback. Now, Drew Pine is, is undersized. That, that's a fact. He's 5'10", may even be 5'9". But he began the year as a, as a backup quarterback. The starting quarterback got hurt in Game 2. Pine came in and really... He, he played well from a, a game manager standpoint, helping Notre Dame win eight out of ten games, including an upset win over number five Clemson in November in South Bend. He's accurate. I said it earlier. He's got a ton of moxie. Uh, he's a guy that appears to be coachable. Uh, he had a relationship. Doesn't turn the ball over. Doesn't turn the ball over. Now, what I also said earlier is I, I caution issue fans. This is a guy that, again, is undersized, and even though he He's small. He doesn't run all that well. Now he can extend plays with his legs, and he can occasionally, you know, scoot around around in to pick up a first down. But he's not a running quarterback. He's not a mobile guy. So he's not big either, and he doesn't have a cannon for an arm. No, very accurate pass. But he's accurate and really can read a defense, get to the line of scrimmage, have a good idea what he's seeing when he looks at the defense, identifying what's out there, make the right reads. Real accurate passer. Twenty-two touchdown passes. About sixty-five percent of his passes completed eight and two, four and one against top twenty-five teams. Um, you're right; he may not be physically imposing, but smart, smart football player. Quick release, gets rid of the ball quickly. Notre Dame, as you know, very run dominant team. But what he was asked to do, he's very successful at it. So coming ASU, three years of eligibility too. That's another thing here. This isn't a guy coming with one year of eligibility left. He's got three years of eligibility left. He'll come in. He'll compete for the starting job. He. Very, very well may win it, but you potentially could have him for three years. Well, that's the that's the thing. So not only could you have him for three years, because of COVID and a redshirt year, Pine was in the Notre Dame program for three seasons, Gambo. So now you're getting a quarterback out of the portal who's got three more seasons. If Drew Pine wins this starting job in 2023, he could essentially be a quarterback in Tempe for three seasons. And by the time it's all said and done in his final two years, he'll be in his fifth and sixth year of college football. And yeah, he may be undersized. Heavily recruited out of high school. That is a whole lot of experience. 
experience out of the most important position uh, on the football field. Yeah, he was an elite 11 kid. Uh, he was heavily recruited as a sophomore. Uh, he was he, Alabama offered him as a sophomore uh, in high school. Uh, so listen, the, the pedigree's there. Unfortunately for Drew, he just stopped growing. And I think a lot of colleges thought he was going to continue to grow. His father's 6'4", and I think a lot of coaches in college thought that he would also be 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", and they jumped on him with a lot of offers early, but poor Drew stopped growing at around 5'9", 5'10". So did I. So did I. You can relate. I can relate to that. Yeah, my kid's going to be taller than me by next year. He's like my same size now. He's grown like six inches in the last six months. Like, oh my God. Like, he's going to be a freaking monster. And I'm like, here I am at like 5'10". So, um, but it's exciting. Listen, I, I think... The situation he's coming into, he's going to have to compete, but there's a, a, I very, there's a very good chance he'll be the starting quarterback chance. in 2023. He's going to have to beat out Trenton Bourget, and I think there's a chance he could do that. Trenton did a really good job for ASU, and you got I'm sure that nothing was promised to him when he when he accepted the the opportunity to come here with Drew Pine. I'm talking about, but just an opportunity to win. I mean, that's what it's got to be for all of these guys: an opportunity to compete. You want to come play for ASU? We're going to give you a chance to compete for a starting job, okay? Because we got new coaching staff, we're, gonna, we're turning things over, new roster. There's a lot of excitement here. And if I'm him, I've got some weapons. I got Elijah Badger who had a good year. I've got Jalen Conyers who had a good. I've got some weapons here that I can throw the ball to. I know at Notre Dame he was what twelve throws a game to the tight end. They had a great tight end at <laughs> yeah. Notre Dame. He loved throwing to Michael Mayer. Was kind of like, dude, in. like look someplace else on yeah, the football field. <laughs> you got your first read. He's wide open all the time. And yeah, he's he a was cover. So he was wide open all the time. He was wide open that's all true. the time. You make that. <laughs> but that's what you gotta like about what Kenny Dillingham is doing, man. He's getting kids to come in again. Like I said. There's a lot of emphasis on the local kids, getting the local kids to stay. And I think he's going to do a good job there. But I got to love the fact that he went out and got a couple of kids from California and Ben Coleman, Travion Brown, two kids that Pac-12 experience, Ben at Cal and Travion at Washington State. These guys have starting experience. They can come in, plug and play right now. And again, not just local kids, going out to California. These guys are from Temecula and getting them to be a part of Sun Devil football. Because as you know, yeah, a lot of talent here in Arizona. You got to do well in California and Texas, too, to have a good football program. And as I said earlier, and Kenny Dillingham would be the first, you don't, there's no more five-year plan. Now, nobody says he has to go to the Rose Bowl next year, but you, you got it. You, with the portal, it also allows you a chance to get better quicker. Uh, Kenny Dillingham has to get better right away. We don't, we don't know about the sanctions. We don't know how that's going to hurt this team going on the road. But with the portal, the expectations are that this football team is better in 2023 than it was in 2022. And I know that's the plan for Kenny Dillingham and this new staff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you look at, you look at this, the, the kid coming in from Notre Dame. In, in Drew Pine, and you give him an opportunity to play right away and compete for a starting job, and you know you look at his his passer rating and his accuracy, and he just wins. Like the kid was a winner, eight out of ten games for Notre Dame. So obviously the quarterback room has been flipped. It's going to be vastly improved with the additions of of the players they added in Pine and then Conover, the BYU kid, and you've still got Trenton. So you got a lot of talent in that quarterback room. And look, there's going to be a couple other kids that they get too. Like I said, there's going to be a lot of turnover for ASU this year, but I think the future is bright and there's no question about it. I mean, Kenny Dillingham is going out there and he's recruiting. He's getting kids to get excited about Arizona State football. That's something we all wanted to see. It's been a down program. I always say this about ASU. For many years, it's been a a mediocre program. You know, it's it's time for ASU to not be mediocre. It's time to be great. You got to get the right kids in the program. And the right kids doesn't have to be a bunch of five-star recruits. The right kids may be a bunch of three-star, top three-star recruits that'll run through a brick wall for you to win a football game.
because you got a lot out of those kids. Imagine, oh, yeah, the four or five stars, sure, if you could get them, great. But if you could get some high-end three stars or low-end four stars that will come in here and do everything that it takes to win a football game, you'll turn your program around rather quickly. Well, and there's a lot of those guys that he seems to be adding. Yeah, and you know what? And, and, and Kenny Dillingham knows this. I'm not sure Ray Anderson knew this when he fired Ty Gra- Todd Graham. Understand this about five stars, everybody. First of all, there aren't that many five stars. I think there's a misconception there's like 75 five stars. Yeah, they're football. growing on trees. Right, they're growing. And, and I got news for you. The, 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 the ones that do exist, they pretty much go to three schools. And then the rest of the school, there's like five left for the other guys. And a lot of them are prima donnas. Yeah, sometimes those guys are very difficult. And, you, you know, again, if they're not happy, you could tra- they could transfer. you got to get the right kids in this program. It's about culture. It's about building the culture, having a program that people want to be a part of. That's what it start, where and, it starts. And, Gambo, five-star kids, they're not worried about campus. They're not worried about school. They're not worried about their major. They're worried about what coach and what program can get me best prepared for the NFL because they're all planning on playing there. And that's why 80% of the five-star football players out of high school – end up at Georgia, Ohio State, and Alabama, and Clemson to a certain extent.